everything. Stand. That's, uh, that's, that's given to us. That's the power that's given to us is to stand. Um, we are venting to a, a passage of scripture this morning, establishing a meaningful Christmas. And we talk about establishing a meaningful Christmas. We're looking at Luke uh, 1 to 33. It just follows, and in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should register. This was the first registration when uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went out from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judah, Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. Because he was, the, he was of the house of the lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. I want you to understand something. Through this whole process, these folks knew nothing. I mean, Mary didn't anticipate having a child without a husband. Joseph did not anticipate having a wife who already had a baby. I mean, everybody that you see running into this scenario, everyone walking through this scenario, God just plucked them and said, I'm going to use you in this scenario. Do you think you're just living? And so as we look at this whole idea of Christmas and, and this, uh, the, the birth of our uh, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it's very significant. It's important that he, uh, he was born. And so we stress that. And so in, in our introduction, um, I encountered um, an elevator, our elevator te technician, he came during the week and, um, and he took care of the business and usually it's, he's in and out. But the Lord really impressed my heart, you know, we're supposed to be witnessing everyone. So I started off with, um, uh, I trust you have a blessed Christmas. He said, no, I'm not. He said, why is that? He said, my wife is going to divorce me. Matter of fact, she has divorced me after 25 years. He says, she divorced me. He said, I thought we had a great marriage. He says, I don't even know why she divorced me. And she won't even speak to me. He said, for me, there will be no Merry Christmas. And I tried to stress to him the fact that it might not be a, quote, a Merry Christmas, but you can have a meaningful Christmas. And something happened in the course of that in my talking, what was usually would be an act of about uh, our transaction usually take about five uh, minutes, five, ten minutes. It stressed all the way to 15 to 20 minutes, my talking with him. And as he, as he leaned against this door, as he was getting ready to go out, he said, oh, I said, I really needed to hear that. And I made it very clear to him. I said, you're the most important thing right now. He needs to know that. And then the Lord taught me a lesson. <laughs> I was uh, uh, cleaning up my desk, and I, and I remember what Liz talked about, a receipt. 
And this receipt, you know, I, I, I went to this lifeline where you do all of this, uh, all the testings and uh, heart fibrillations and everything else. And the receipt said, number one, I went through it. Number two, that everything was clear and you know, blood pressure. And, all. It's just, it's, and this receipt that says, no. I, but, but you see, if you picked up this receipt uh, on the ground and it didn't belong to you, it don't mean a thing. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> if and uh, and I and I found the receipt, and, I, and there have been times at the, at the gas station when I would go to the gas station and I see the receipt. And I said, "Is that my receipt or not?" It's, so I picked it up and looked, and and I had to make sure because uh, because if it has nothing to do with my car, then go ahead and put it in the garbage because you know what? I'm not talking to you. If any of you do not have the receipt, I'm not talking to you. But, but we have to go a little further. How do I know that this receipt is valid? You know, they give me the receipt, but, you know, some shysters give you a receipt. And you find that the receipt don't mean a dime as worthless as they are. They took your money and gave you a blank receipt. And uh, that has happened to me at, at times. See? And so, and so this morning, I was, I was thinking about that, and I said, wow. So this morning, then, there's, we know that the receipt is when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, and he rose again, how do we know that we're saved? He got up, and he rose again, and that was God's receipt to us. You know, you have eternal life. Because Jesus Christ is the Son of God, la, 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 la. How do I know that that receipt is valid? And that's why God has a triple stamp on the receipt. First, he tells tell you where it comes from. Then, you, then it tells you what it does for you at the end. So since you already know what it does for you, you know, yes, Jesus loved me, died for me, amen. Then let's, let's go and see, let's go to the beginning of it to, for, for the spiritual validity of it. And that's where you look at the birth of Christ and what have you. That's where this receipt, when you see this name stamped on it, you can mark, mark it down. It's, it's something. See, if it says something, how do I know if my sins washed away? Jesus did it. Well, how do I know I have the receipt? It is written, and I can depend on it. Amen? And so it's very important to have a clear understanding of Christ's birth and not to be a blinded by the mixture of festivities and traditions that have tainted and minimized its significance. Do you know that at one point Christmas was outlawed? Christmas, how it came about, and that whole idea of Christmas and how, where we celebrate it and when we celebrate it and the actual date, and some have projected all the way to May 20th, depending on what type of calendar it is. Do you, do you know that if you try to go by dates and everything else, you'll be bent out of shape? All I know is that Jesus Christ was born. You see, and I just want to stay true to the receipt. 
I'll let the other guys with the Roman calendar and all these other calendars that they have and, and placing it under a different thing, I'll let them deal with that. I won't burden you with that. So clarifying our thoughts for this morning, uh, the Ephesian version, uh, uh, the ESV version says, Proverbs 12, 17. Let's read together. What does it say? Whoever speaks the truth give honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. Now, that's why I put ESV because you finally, it's definitely in that passage, in that particular uh, translation, that it gives honest evidence. How do I know all of this? Then God gives honest evidence. And so there are three significant validations of God's receipt. The blood of Jesus Christ that gives proof before, uh, before he uh, died. And here's the outline. He was validated by the angels. He was validated by the shepherds. And he was validated by the two individuals and their predictions. Uh, he was validated by the angels. And in the same reason there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over the flock by night, and the angels of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be to, for all people. First, there was an appearance of the angels. This angel did two things. He made a, now this first start off with the angel, an angel. And he made a proclamation, the who. He gave a precise uh, directions, the where. And second, the, the host of angelic angels, beings, angelic beings, formed the message with praise. And suddenly there was with the angel, an angel multitude, heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, what? Be with whom he please. What say, some say peace uh, uh, to uh, all men, et cetera, et cetera. But what it's really saying, that, that verse, verse 14 is saying, when you really do the research on it, what it's really saying is peace to everyone who receives the message. Now he tells them, now the angel starts off, the first angel starts off and says, fear not. Why? Because what sin brings to the picture is what? Fear, anger, distrust, defeat. The angel comes in and says, fear not. This is nothing, this is not, this, this is not a, a thing of sin that will keep you in fear and shook up. He says, I got good news for you. It started from the angelic beings, and that's, that's why we're telling you. And that's when the angels start praising God because I told you ahead of time, it blew the angels away what God was doing. God was transitioning from God the eternal, invisible, and now God coming down and becoming one creature to die for us. The angels could not understand that. And yet it's still, it, I guess this really blew the angels away. This is the first time God have ever done anything like this in eternity past. And now God is doing this, and they are rejoicing. And they, they, it's amazing. You know, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as, uh, as the sun, we have no less days to praise his name than when he first begun. I, I, I can imagine that God's going to have plenty of surprises for us in glory, in glory. 
the second thing, he was validated by the shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who's, who's a Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And when the angels went away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and, and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at the shepherds, what the shepherds told them. Now, I want you to know something with the shepherds. Let me pause. The shepherds were the lowliest of the lowliest. They were the poorest of the poorest. A shepherd would do his job, and people would not even pay attention to him. He was a nobody. And yet and still, this nobody was really somebody. And God decided that I'm going to start my receipt off with a heavenly stamp. And so the angels say, glory to God in the highest. He said, then I'm what I'm going to do to validate the I'm going to go and I'm going to find the poorest class of people. I'm going to find shepherds that nobody pays attention to. They put their lives on the line in the darkness and try to Guard the sheep that the post temple sheep that they use for offerings and everything else. They put their lives on the line uh, on the li line for these lions and everything else to try to to kill them. Uh, and yet and still, in that black Judean night, the angel burst the sky and they had their own little order. Nobody else saw it. Nobody else even cared. Nobody else even wondered. It's amazing what happened. Let me just back up just a little bit. It's amazing what happened. No one, the, the, the innkeeper had no idea that the God of this world was coming. Jesus Christ was sliding through all these folks, but only the special ones knew exactly what was going on. And the shepherds had a first-class seat, and they were able to see angels Hear them without dying, rejoicing, blessed. And they went immediately. They witnessed enthusiastically to all who would listen. They returned rejoicing after there was a confirmation made of all that they had heard and seen. I mean, these guys were really rejoicing. Then we come to number three. If you notice, it's not really long. This gives you an idea. He was validated by Simeon and Anna. Now, as we look at this, first there was the praise and, and uh, prophecy by Simeon. Now, first, let me make it real clear. There's a proclamation by the angels. Then there are the Shepherds, the poor shepherds, now you have Anna and Simeon. We look at Anna's profile, 
And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And as it is written in the law of the Lord, every man who uh, first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to be offered a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. See, if you, if you were poor, then, um, then at least you should be able to offer up a turtle dove or two young pigeons. Everybody else could have um, offered up sheep and everything else. But Mary and Joseph, they, they offered up the turtle, turtle dove and uh, two young pigeons because they had meager means. But they, all, they came to do exactly what the law required. Jesus was born according to the law. He didn't go outside. And now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And his name was righteous and devout, waiting on the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arm and blessed God. We think about now, here's, here's Simeon. Simeon is not a priest. But Simeon had a relationship with God. He was aware of the times. And he walked with God. The Holy Spirit didn't indwell him. That wasn't, the Holy Spirit didn't start indwelling to, at the Acts. Usually you find in the scripture it says under the Old Testament the Holy Spirit came upon. He had a relationship with the Holy Spirit and God just made it very clear. It's time, Simeon. The relationship was so special that God shared with him his plan. You won't die until you see that child. You won't die until you see the receipt to let you know is on. And Simeon waited, and he waited on God. He, he walked as a righteous man. You see, when you wait on God, there's a certain way you walk. You know it's righteous, devout. You don't wait on God and do your own thing. You, you, you walk in the beauty of holiness. When, see, when God gives you light, he shows you what light reveals, and he tells you what to go around and, see, and what to confront. And this man, he walked with God. Some people walk with God and they, they disappear. I, I dare you this week to just decide just to walk with God. Simeon walked with God. And guess what? As he walked with God, God walked with him. The Holy Spirit said, now I want you, I want to just walk with me, Simeon. Let's go to the temple. It's that time. It's that time. It's that time. And he walked him to the temple. And, and now Simeon was able to see what the prophets in the past were prophesying about. With his own eyes, he saw the salvation of the world, the deliverance of Israel, the Son of God. And Simeon was moved, greatly moved. Lord, now you let it, your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles 
and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, he talked to Mary, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Several things made clear about Simeon. One, let's read it. What is it? Number two, he was. Three, he was. Four, close connection with the Holy Spirit. Walk with the Lord. Next, he confirmed the Christ child's significance. And lastly, he predicted the process. He said, and this child who will be doing all of this, he says, this child will break your heart. There will be a sword driven through your heart when you see what will happen to the child that you, go, you have in your arms. But let me tell you something. This is God's receipt. You see, a lot of times we think that God's receipt should be, quote, wonderful every day, you know, this uh, hallelujah. Sometimes it's just the fact that it's, fact that it's God who put his hand on you. And you believe that. And you live it. And you stay firm on it. That's what God wants you to do. Second, there was the prophecy of Anna. And there was a prophetess named Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. Uh, let me pause for a moment. Asher was known as the, one of the lost tribes. The, and um, when you see Asher, you don't hear too much about Asher. But here is Anna, and Asher is mentioned. God is including and pulling everybody in. And she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. And then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer. What? How long? What is it? Wow. I, I, don't, I was trying to calculate some time here to, as to how long, you know, usually they get married about 14 years old, okay? So then if you uh, look at something like that, and then she's, she's 84 years old now, you see? You just kind of do, do the numbers. And so you, you see that she's been there a long time just worshiping God. So you add the 14, uh, uh, no, uh, 14 years, and, and you, it goes, you, as you do that, the total number should come up to about 90-something years old, you see. Uh, add all the way up to 14 years old, then from then she was married for seven years, and see what I mean? And then, um, then from there she went on uh, to, it's about, about 84. Anyway, uh, it, was, it was a long time, and she hung in with the Lord night and day. One thing that, that we, we, we see is that even when God takes your heart, you still stand. And she did not depart from the temple. She was worshiping, fasting, and praying day and night. 
Wow. You're talking about being steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. You're talking about people who had a credible experience. They're saying, we're putting our names on the stamp. The angel says, we put our name on the stamp. The shepherd says, uh, we're putting our name on the stamp. Simeon said, I'm putting my name on the staff. And Anna said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to put my name on it too. And that's the beginning of the receipt. That the validation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was witnessed by the angels, by shepherds, by Simeon, by Anna. And coming up that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. These verses in the chapter reveals this about Anna. Let's read it. What is the first one? Next. 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 And for her position as a prophetess, her plight in life, she lost her husband, her pattern, but she kept on praising and pray, praying to God. Her praise, she saw the child who be redeemed with the redemption of Israel, matter of fact, the redemption of the whole world. Her proclamation of what this child would do, God blessed these folks that God used. Then, and what he's committed to do with you even now, that's what, that's what, when they talk about a meaningful Christmas, we take uh, into account all of this and say, Lord, I want to make sure that uh, with all the presents and everything else, some folks are having a good time, don't even know why they're having a good time. But we know it's because of the receipt that was stamped before and it was stamped at the end that validates our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for our sake. So one last thing then. And that is, the angels proclaimed him. The shepherds witnessed and praised him. The Simeon confirmed and prophesied about him. And Anna praised and confirmed him. Proverbs twelve seventeen: Whosoever speaks the truth gives what? Honest evidence. But a false witness, others deceit. You have to say none of this existed. You had to say none of this ever took place in order for you to disavow the birth of Christ. And if Christ Jesus was born, then Christ Jesus died. And when Christ Jesus died, it was God showed his love and his amen, and his truthfulness, and his commitment, number one, to save us from sin. And number two, he's going to deal with sin. Make sure you have your receipt. Not somebody else's receipt. Not a Buddha receipt. It's not going to work. See? Not a pantheist receipt. It won't work. Not a Muslim receipt. It won't work. You better know Jesus, because in knowing him, you know, they have a song, I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm so glad. 
and the world can't do me no harm. And so I'm so glad. And this day as we close in prayer, I just want to pray for you to remember, remember the virgin birth. Remember Jesus and what this Christmas is all about. It's a meaningful Christmas before it's a Merry Christmas. That's my Father, I just want to pray. Thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for their listening ear. Thank you for what you're going to do in and through each one of our lives. May we be in awe like the shepherds. Faithful Lord like Simeon. Consistent Lord and uh, like Anna. Praise, praising you, Lord, like the angels. May all of this well up on, uh, from us, Lord, as we recognize who you are to us and to the whole world. And then, Lord, help us not to just keep it in. Help us to tell it forward that others may come into the light. To know that Jesus Christ died for their sins, they could not save themselves. And they asked Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sins. Like the young man did yesterday. Thank you for that happening, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen.